This is a Federal News Network podcast. Hot sauce. It might sound like something from the condiments aisle, but it's actually an annual event held by the National Security Agency. Hot Topics on Science of Security, its formal name, will be held online next week. For what happens at the event and some of the science challenges in security, we check in with NSA science researcher Adam Taggart. Mr. Taggart, good to have you on. It's great to be here. And when you say the science of security, what areas of security are we talking about? Is it mainly cyber? We're talking cybersecurity, everything dealing with computers, mobile devices, things like that. Okay, that's enough to keep any conference occupied. And when you mention the science of security, that's an unusual term because most people talk about the technology of security. What do you mean by science? Well, with science, we're talking about what is the reasons we're doing things with technology. We want to understand the concepts, the theories, and the models of how both technology and humans behave in the cyber world. So that way, when we develop a defense, we actually have real confidence that it does what we think it intends to do. And what are some of the scientific disciplines? I mean, what are the kinds of people and professions that look at these questions? Okay, so you obviously will think of computer science and electrical engineering, but we also have projects dealing with philosophers who are looking at the, you know, what does it mean to be resilient? We also have human behavior people in psychology trying to understand the human aspects of people's behavior with cyber. So it's a very broad discipline of across disciplines. I was wondering if it also includes the behavior science of people that might be the recipients of cyber attacks, especially phishing attacks, which, golly, they are really some sophisticated emails coming out these days. Absolutely. That is a key component of dealing with cybersecurity was looking at phishing. We had a project once looking at uh, how different countries people responded to phishing. It's different depending if you're looking in the United States or, say, India. Got it. And I guess it probably varies by age group, too, even yep. within a given population. Yeah. Um, the different motivations between older people. There's definitely lots of senior attacks versus uh, how young people are maybe more cynical when it comes to receiving an email. All right. And tell us a little bit about the conference. Who attends and how does it all work? Hot Sauce, we get attendees from all three, uh, government, academia and industry, which is a, a great environment for collaboration. We have government people talking about the problems and some of our approaches, and then we have academics that are working on the same problems, and we're trying to bring everything together. And industry is saying, hey, this is how we operate, and this is our challenges, because it's all different flavors of the same challenge. And one of the great things about Hot Sauce is we really talk about ongoing research. You know, instead of a lot of traditional conferences where we talk about research that is done and we're just publishing it for everyone to look at, Hot Sauce is about the ongoing. So we actually redraft papers and we have 45-minute in-depth discussions led by discussants who, in some cases, they're NSA's own researchers who are leading discussions on these important topics. Let me give you one really interesting example. We have a uh, work-in-progress paper from Towson University, which is in Baltimore, and they're looking at how election workers, the poll workers, deal with cybersecurity. They've been working with the state of Maryland on training. And in this study, they have done a survey of 2,000 workers in 13 states just to see how they respond to uh, cyber threats and what their perceptions is. And really, hopefully, we can get some better security there. We're speaking with Adam Taggart. He's a security science researcher at the National Security Agency. And what about some of the hard sciences? I know that quantum computing is a topic in cybersecurity, also dealing with data and processing it. 
in encrypted form, which is very difficult for processors and so on. Are those types of questions also part of this? Absolutely. Dealing with computing in the cloud where you want to keep everything encrypted just for, for your own privacy and you know you don't want people to see what data is, is in fact one of the topics of our keynote from NSA. So our keynote from NSA, Nick Feltz, will be talking about the effort to keep as much as possible encrypted when you're computing in the cloud. So it's going to be an interesting talk there. Now, when this conference was in person, where did it take place? So it rotated around the country. So NSA funds a series of lablets, which are small virtual labs at universities in the United States. And hot sauce would rotate around them. So sometimes we were in Raleigh, North Carolina with North Carolina State. Other times we'd be in Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. So we would we had moved around the country. And now that it has been, I guess this must be your second time in a row virtual, correct? It has. This is the second virtual. Last year we were supposed to be in Lawrence, Kansas, but we ended up being in virtual Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, I don't know which is better when you mention <laughs> Lawrence, Kansas. But with respect to attendance, do you find what other conferences find that instead of getting scores or hundreds, you get tens of thousands because anyone can go? Well, one of the benefits is our sponsorship has allowed us to waive registration fees, so anyone can participate for free. Traditional attendance was about 150 people. Uh, Last year, we had 430 attendees in the virtual setting, and so far this year, we're over 550 registered attendees. Yeah, so it's almost tempting to never go back to in-person because there's no lunch to be served and no airplane to be uh, ticketed. But another question I had, too, with respect to the topics, again, is the security clearance process. And there's a RAND study just out on maybe ways to update the criteria for security clearance, given the millennial age and the younger people coming in potentially to the federal and contractor workforce. Does the science of security include how do we evaluate people in a way that gives some higher degree of confidence that they can be trusted? So for the science security program, we don't actually look at the security aspect of how people are evaluated for clearances. We're really looking at the cyber aspect. So uh, an expert in those areas would probably have a better idea of how to evaluate somebody. Okay. Well, we'll just hope the people that you know get these secrets in their hands can keep them. But that's a conference of another sort, I guess. And looking to the conference, which is taking place next week, what are the grand challenges? Does it look in those terms at what are the big challenges for cybersecurity in the science realm? What's the next big frontier? So we're actually having a uh, discussion on, on what is the next challenges for the science security for the 2020s. We opened, did an open call for ideas, and we have 45 topics to discuss during the conference on it. Obviously, human behavior aspects of it are going to be a key component of the challenges, how to have resilient computers so that they can uh, continue to operate even after we compromise, because saying I received a compromise, I'm going to turn off all my systems and build it over is not a realistic solution. Uh, Metrics, how to value of what device or software is more secure than others. And those are just some of the ideas that we we have been working on and probably will continue to be working on for the hard challenges. And what is involved with attending if someone would like to? Can you just do it online? You can do it online. There are no apps or anything to install. You just go to the NSA website to and find the article on Hot Sauce, or you can visit the uh, Hot Sauce website at um, sos-do.org. Adam Taggart is a security science research at the National Security Agency. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thank you. 
We'll post this interview along with a link to this year's Hot Sauce website at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. We now bring you a special presentation from our friends at WEPA. Shane, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us about WEPA and your new podcast? Mike, great to see you again. The podcast series, Lessons in Leadership, what we're trying to do is, is take a deeper dive, a different angle into the conversation around leadership with great leaders at all levels of government. Uh, since the 1900s, leadership has been studied in a serious and academic way. Uh, great man theory, the leader-follower theory, the inspirational leader, transformational leader, all of these are backward-looking um, development of styles, looking at an individual, figuring out how they did leadership, and then translating it into a form that we can use today to learn, to perhaps emulate, copy. But great leaders, they have more than one style. I think, I truly think that a great leader can adapt and transform into the role that's needed at that time. So, what we're trying to do is, is talk to great leaders and go a level deeper. Tell us about your, a story in your past. Tell us an inspiration that really affected your ability to lead others. And this certainly applies in the uh, federal space. The federal government, it's over 2 million employees. Great leaders are throughout the federal government, both at the top and the middle ranks. And what we want to do is Ask them to pull inside their memory, pull inside their personal history. Find those moments in time when they were changed, they were inspired, they learned something about leadership from another person, perhaps it was uh, from themselves, and they brought that to the workplace, and they inspired other and became great leaders. So that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. Okay, so I, I get that you wanted to start with leadership, but what makes leadership such an important topic right now for federal workers? Great question. Leadership today is tested like never before. Um, today's, if I had to put a leadership style, if I had to put names to it, we hear about um, empathetic, we hear transparent, we hear uh, inspirational. So today we have COVID, we have a down economy, we have people, we have social uh, injustice that we're dealing with. There are many new factors. And it's drawing, like never before, on a leader's ability to pull from within themselves and adapt to the current change. So leadership today is almost brand new again. We're taking all kinds of different styles, attributes, learnings that leaders have. They're looking at the current situation that we're in and understanding how do I move groups of people? How do I move my employees? How do I inspire? How do I get them to the next best place? So I think leadership today, this conversation uh, is extremely relevant, perhaps more relevant than it's been in several decades. You know, we talk about an employee's personal route to growth, but what role does the management side have in this? I think in the federal government, it's, it's a little bit different than it is in the private sector. 
my father was a civilian federal employee. Uh, he joined the federal government in the 1960s. Uh, John Kennedy, he was inspired by ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He had opportunities to go in the private sector. That notion of service inspired him. It inspired an entire generation. I would like to think that call to service, which is unique in in the federal space, in the government space, still exists today. Well, that about says it all. But is anything else you'd want the audience to know about you personally or WEPA as an organization? Uh, I have been uh, around the group affinity insurance world for um, three decades. I've led this is my second uh, major organization that I've led. And I will tell you that we impart this feeling. Uh, you mentioned it, Mike, about service, this notion. We serve those who serve. And uh, I will tell you that it's refreshing. It's a blessing to be there. And I have so much respect for civilian federal employees at every level of government. In this podcast, we're hoping to talk to leaders which are similarly inspired and can share their learnings over a lifetime. And uh, this will be useful information uh, for anybody in government service. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.